Welcome to the Pop on Film! I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question, ladies and gentlemen. Steve, I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth of Google. And Daddy's got some dance moves now. And I am down yes. with that. Yes. There he is. The moves. Quite impressive. You see, I, I misread the title of the movie, and it just turned out to be a completely different movie than what I expected. You know, I looked at it and I was like, oh, Brats, this sounds interesting. Maybe a food eating contest or something like that? You know, I, no. I, I, I had a title, title on my notes, and I thought it was going to be rats. rats. And I thought it was like a rat-to-verse yeah. sort of thing. Or maybe like if they gave him up, it would be just for Rizzo and his friends. Yeah. But, yeah, so we're both in the same boat. So this is a very I just, I just want, want to talk, talk with you a little bit, bit off the cuff about the comic book characters of the Punisher and how he has somehow become the poster child for assholes. Yeah, okay. Like, what do you, like, what do you think the Punisher... Who is the Punisher of the comic book character in relation to... In relation, and then... Uh, what, what type, type of people, people have co-opted the Punisher in, in society? See, first, I, I wasn't really a big Punisher fan. And if you wanted a Punisher-type character, you were better off with independent comics at the time. You know, because the Punisher as a character did not fit into the Marvel world. Yeah. You know, because this is a dude who racks up a body count, which he <laughs> yeah. really couldn't do. In <coughs> uh, so it's really kind of hard for me to have too big of an opinion on a character that I didn't care for to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But, but I, I dare, dare say, say that a lot of people right now who know nothing about the comic book character, character definitely have, have an opinion of him because, because I, I feel that. Punisher has been co-opted by angry white men. Yeah, but it, it, 
there's, there's like not a lot we can really do about that, okay? Because like, for they're, they're fact impervious, okay? So to try to explain what the Punisher as a character really is will not have a, an effect. And these are also the same people who were surprised to learn that Rage Against the Machine was political. Oh my god, I remember that. Oh my god. That's still happening. It's freaking ridiculous. So if you can't get it through their skulls that Rage Against the Machine was political, you don't stand a hope in hell with the Punisher. Yeah, agreed. I feel that. that uh, all right, all right. These are people. These are people who are sticking fucking car keys to their heads because they think they're fucking magnetic. Yeah, they think they're magnetic and not just sweaty. There's really nothing we can explain to them. Nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> this is something he's very passionate about. It's like, hey. The Punisher used to be a comic book character, and now he's just a vague symbol of white male rage. Yeah. And any cis-head men who are upset that the police can't beat up minorities anymore. It's toxic masculinity. The Punisher oh, yeah. has become a symbol for the angry right. Uh, and... and it's ridiculous, especially since in the comic books, most of the time the Punisher is going after crooked cops. Mm-hmm. So it, it's all just absolutely ridiculous and nonsensical. And so anyway, I, I always enjoyed the the ticks takeoff on the Punisher, which was toxic masculinity. With with severe mommy issues. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The tick. Oh, the tick is amazing. The tick is just amazing. Love the tick. Okay, so uh, so with all of that in mind, a far right extremist was arrested during a raid on his Florida home in March of this year. Of course, it happened in Florida. The man is a angry 32-year-old white male named Paul Miller, and he believed that at any second, Antifa and Black Lives Matter were going to take over his city and burst into his home and kill him. So he started stockpiling weapons for what he believed was going to be the upcoming race war. That he seemed all too excited about. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of minorities out there that are like, oh man, I'm worried there's going to be a race war. And then there's a bunch of angry white men that are like, oh boy, there's going to be a race war. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Paul Miller was definitely one of those people that was all too excited about the idea of having to kill minorities. This is what white people do. They say, we want equality. And the white privilege translates that into, they're coming straight for me. So, Paul Miller had an arsenal in his home. 
And many of the weapons were unregistered and untraceable, as well as 850 rounds of ammunition. Like, the only reason to have that much ammo is if you're playing the game Contra. Yeah. He just had three rounds of ammunition, and then he did up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, left, right, VA start, and then the guy got 150 rounds. Aha! Uh -huh. So, so that's a really good cheat to have. To have. But, but here's, here's the thing. Here's, here's the, the thing about Paul Miller, Miller that sets him apart, okay? The FBI found a bunch of photographs of Paul Miller posing with his weapons. Here's this gun. Here's this gun. Here's this gun. Ooh, here's this gun. Look at me. I'm V.I. Warshawski. You know? Oh, hard ticket to Hawaii. Ooh, oh. Uh, but in a lot of the pictures, Paul Miller was dressed as Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Okay. Wow. And then some Go other figure. And then some of the pictures were him dressed as Batman. And I think that we can now officially say, officially, for the record, that Tom Phillips' 2019 Joker movie is the new Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can get a fish in the I think that it's, uh, what you find in ADHD. ADHD? Oh, yes, ADHD. That's how you pronounce it, I thought. So people like my strange sibling, they bring my daddy. It's, it's, it's been, been two years now. What was that Joker movie about? It was about every other circumstance was pushing him to lose his shit. And how it's definitely for sure not his fault as a white male. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess how Phillips' Joker isn't about the Joker becoming the Joker. It's about the Joker being forced to become the Joker because of society. Yeah. Like the plot is, uh, oh, look at how hard it is for white males. I'm entitled to succeed. Yeah, uh huh. And also, I'd like to take a time to say, unpopular opinion, Batman is the worst fucking superhero and he can kiss my ass. Because Bruce Wayne is a millionaire or possibly even a billionaire. Yeah. Bruce Wayne has, like, like Elon Musk amount of money, and what does he do with that? He dresses up so he can get poor people. Yes. It's a very Elon Musk move. But the problem with Elon Musk, and the problem with Jeff Bezos, and the problem with Bruce Wayne, is that being a billionaire is a moral failing. No one should have that much money because 
Instead of punishing people who are breaking into a jewelry store, Bruce Wayne's billions could better be used. He could solve poverty in, in, in Gotham. He could solve poverty in the entire cinematic universe. You better watch my Yeah. Billions can help Gotham more than by punching people and breaking into a bank. <laughs> Just ridiculous. The bank is insured. Yeah. It's goddamn ridiculous. Batman is the worst, and the Joker is the worst, and especially Todd Phillips' 2019 Joker movie. Unpopular opinion. Well, okay. Well, well, except, of course, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin being a, an exception, an exception to what you're talking about. Um, an exception to it? Yes. Batman and Robin. That's what he says. Yes. I would love to hear your thoughts on the and crime fighting an exception. And who would? Well, I mean, I mean, as as the movies, as the movies overall. You know, I mean, Batman and Robin. Oh, man, the drugs are kicking in. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, I I have no defense. I have to totally take it back. Although it's still the best, it's still the best Batman movie. Oh, you're talking about the movie, not the two characters. characters. I thought you were talking about Batman and Robin in general. He's talking about his favorite movie, Batman and Robin. No, no. Bunny's in a Alicia Silver file. And so Batman and Robin is the world's greatest Batman movie, and everyone would agree with it. A silver stoner. You're just jealous because of how big her career has taken off. I have a problem with Batman and Robin because if I was a rich white person and I was involved and I'm like, uh, Hello, Bruce Wayne. Good to see you out there. And who is this young boy that's next to you? Oh, this is my young ward, Dick. Say hello, Dick. He's my ward. I've taken it in. In my mind, what would go through my mind is... Oh, this, this is, is like, like a, a Michael Jackson situation. situation. Yeah. Oh, I see what's, what's happening here. Oh, uh, Bruce, no, no one told me that you're the new spokesperson for Subway, Subway restaurants. Yes. It's like, uh, Bruce Wayne is a part-time dog groomer. First he buys some presents, then he tells the dogs that they're very attractive. Then he says, you know what, dog? You're a lot, you're a lot more mature for your age. Hey, maybe you can have this wine. It's fine. Do you want to give you a background dog? Jesus juice. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's my bit about the Joker. The Joker is the new Punisher. That's what I say. And cut on that. Buddy! Yes! This is the sixth week of our summer-long deep dive into the IMDb Model 100. 
It's IMDb's list of the bottom 100 worst movies. And every week, we are covering one of the 100 worst movies of all time. But what I also want to do is carve out a little piece of that one of the show to discuss one of the multitude of films that we will not be watching for the podcast. So, this week, we will be discussing the 2013 film, Scary Movie 5! I forgot really? scary movie movies. They're, they're, they're not the greatest, but I enjoyed them, and I probably stuck with them until four. Hey, see, there you go. I feel like as the series progresses, that it gets dumber, 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 and so by the time you get to, like, scary movie four or scary movie five, oh no, here comes the killer, start losing the original cast they're not showing up for the sequels you know yeah. so uh, yeah uh, by the time the scary movie 5 came out even on a fair it was like this is too much for me yeah and that says a lot because uh, the best thing that on a fair ever did was uh, divorce Chris Pratt uh, I was going to say Ben Chris Pratt but yeah, yeah. We were in the same. But I will say, I will say, as much as I don't like the scary movie movies, God damn it, some people love these dumbass films. Some people are seriously in love with these movies. The five movies in total gross over $800 million worldwide. Like, even if you hate these movies, you gotta be like, Jesus, you get them all clapped, you know? Yeah. But like, but like, the film franchises, the first one was big, the second one made a little bit less money, the third one made a little bit less money, the fourth one made a little bit less money, and so... Uh, apparently, uh, Scary Movie 5 has Charlie Sheen and Lindsay Lohan and Mitchell Saxave in it, so... Yeah. Uh, wow, way to really play the hits. 
There's highbrow comedy. comedy. There's like, like a, a wet hot American summer, a Rushmore, uh, something like that. And, and then, then there's the comedy with um, boobs and farts and pop culture references. And I know something that was a scary movie movies. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that, that I had bad movie standards until we started doing our deep dive into the Mondo 100. Yes. Uh, uh, you know what I think is the problem with scary movies? Oh, I figured it out right here. It doesn't have gratitude. It doesn't have gratitude, right. Yeah, that's the problem right there. Scary Movie 5 needs more gratitude. Problem solved. Boom. And and no brats either. Yeah. If you were listening to this episode on SoundCloud or uh, another uh, place where you can listen to podcasts, I would thank you for your service to this great nation. If you're watching live on YouTube, hey, you still have time to vote on what movie we're going to do next week's podcast. We have four movies, and they are representative number forty and number thirty. Uh, spots on the IMDb bottom 100. So we might be getting into the 40s or the 30s, depending on which movie we We have 2013's The Starving Games, one of those movies where uh, it's oh, it's a spoof of all of the movies that have come out now. Yeah. Oh, 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 this isn't the Hunger Games, this isn't the Starving Games. Who's that? Napoleon Dynamite! Yeah, one of those movies, So, looking over the list, me personally, I'm going either for Slender Man or Human Centipede 3. And that's funny that you mentioned that because I was going to take some time here to say that I like having people vote on what movie we do and uh, every week we seem to get more and more votes and it's really exciting and people seem excited about it and I will do whatever people vote for as long as it's not Jaws or Revenge. <laughs> if Jaws or Revenge wins... We're, we're, we're doing, doing something, something else. else. I, 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 I apparently have a line. And I won't do Jaws the Revenge. I, I'm, like, Slender Man, I haven't seen it, you yeah. know, so I would be going in fresh. It's kind of a... Slender Man as a whole is kind of a silly, fun concept. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then... Human Centipede 3, I mean, first I'm amazed that, like, all of the Human Centipede movies are not at the bottom 100. I like the first Human Centipede movie because it's like a horror movie, but just with a bizarre premise. And then I watch Human Centipede 2, which is about a guy watching the Human Centipede movies, and that's when I'm like, okay, I don't give a shit about this anymore. Yeah. Because you... you You've broken the fourth wall. I like it when you stay in the bizarre universe you created. And now you're doing a movie about a movie. And apparently the third film is a movie about a guy who watched the second movie. Okay. 
and comes up with his own idea. And at that point, it's like, I never saw the human centipede three. But, I, but it says a lot that I would rather watch the human centipede three than Jaws the Revenge. I am just kind of thinking that I, 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 I'm hopeful that Human Centipede 3 is the Human Centipede where the Human Centipede goes to space. Nice. Every, Every third, third movie should be that. Yeah. Every third movie should be Machete in Space. Oh, I, I hated the first fucking movie. I hated... I, to, again, to me, it is one of, it's a one-joke movie, you know? And everything is centered around that joke, and it gets, it gets tiresome to watch for an hour and a fucking half. Yeah. You know, I mean, Human Centipede, the whole thing was, ooh, they're attached ass-to-mouth. Yeah, that's basically the entire Like, that's the entirety of the movie. Yeah. After an hour and a half, that gets, like, after ten minutes, that gets pretty fucking boring. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, so Human Centipede 3, uh, you know, this is the, it's always the... See, it's tough because we're talking about Human Centipede, but traditionally, the third movie is the movie where the whole premise goes completely off the fucking rails. Yeah. You know? That's the third movie in in any franchise. You know, Halloween 3, you know? So, So, here... Human Centipede Three, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it goes completely off the rails and just goes completely batshit and breaks with the normal idea of the Human Centipede movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I turned off. I, 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 I X'd out the browser that had my Twitter, so I will not be looking at the results of our poll until after the podcast. So right now, the Slender Man movie is winning. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Fuck it up. Well, if, if Slender Man is winning, I'm going with Slender Man, because, you know, fuck Human Centipede. Yeah, uh, but I will watch any of those films as long as they're not Jaws the Revenge. I will not watch Jaws the Revenge. If you would like to know my reasoning behind and not watching Jaws the Revenge and acting on the next week's podcast. Would you watch it in a box? No. Would you watch it with a fox? I would not watch it on a fox. Would you watch it in the rain? Would you watch it no. on a train? A train, a train, a train. I would not train. watch it in the rain. I would not watch it on a train. train. What do you <laughs> let me be? <laughs> In Jaws to the Revenge, that I think I'd actually seen on a Siskel and Ebert special a million fucking years ago. 
one awesome machine where there ain't like a lifeboat or a rowboat, a dinghy, something like this in the middle of the ocean. Michael Caine is coming up out of the ocean into this boat with a completely dry shirt. <laughs> I love it when movies do that. The funny thing is, is, is that uh, the film has two different endings. Yeah. And Does it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really complicated. And one ending features... One ending was was uh, reshoots that was done on the fly really quickly and really cheaply, as evidenced by the fact that they didn't film it in the ocean. They filmed it in that goddamn fake-ass tank at the Universal Studio. So even in the water of what's supposed to be, you can 100% see the fake yeah. So they're just swimming in like a six foot deep pool. Well, for me, I think I think the big giveaway was that when you watch the shark go to at one point, you see the creature from the Black Lagoon go up like this with yeah. all the bubbles coming out and come back yeah. down, and then the shark would swim by a treasure chest. Yeah. Bubbles. And a couple of plastic ferns. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the two endings of Jaws of the Revenge next week, because that's going to be our deep dive during Act 1, and that should be good. Okay. Cut on that segment. Buddy! Yes! From December 2018 to March 2020, I saw three movies a week, every week, following. I ended up seeing 178 movies. Six movies, period, it was an absolute blast. Until the pandemic hit, and so from March 2020 to June 2021, I only saw four movies in theaters, and I was basically like a crack addict. But for movies, it was very difficult to get time to the Ben Bella Lugosi style. But now I'm back to watching movies in theaters, watching two movies a week because Baby Steps, and so. Okay. 
My God, I, I, are you okay? No, are you? I, I feel. I, I, man, that's two movies. Ah. Oh. So, first I would like to discuss a movie that was not chosen as my movie pick of the week. Escape Room 2, Son of Escape Room. Yeah. And I know that this is famous last words, but... Um... I'm just going to go ahead and assume that there is a fetish out there of people who get turned on by intense panic attacks. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it's famous last words to say, I'm sure that there's not a fetish where blank. Yeah. But if there is a fetish for that sort of thing, oh, look no further than the two escape room movies. Because literally every 10 minutes of the film is, oh no, we're stuck in a death trap. Oh no, we have five minutes. We have to solve this problem quick. One of the characters might die. We can solve this now. And it just stretched that out for an hour and a half. It's a roller coaster of low stakes. I, I don't see the point in a movie when there are... Why would you spend your money to go to a movie about an escape room when you could spend that money and just go to a fucking escape room? They're all over the place now. This is a thing. And it's really sad because the has become real, yet safe and fun. Yeah. It's, it's sad, sad because, because the first escape room and parts of the second escape room feature Karen uh, uh, from Netflix's Daredevil. Okay. God, I don't like her. The Daredevil show on Netflix is great, and, and seeing her now in escape room is like, oh. Yeah. That was a great thing for you, huh? Yeah. It's like looking through the cast of this week's movie, uh, the 2007 film Rats, and seeing so many people go, this actress is known for her role in the Rats film, and oh, this is the biggest thing for you? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, Escape Room 2, fun of Escape Room, uh... It was fine. It was fine. It's not a movie I would watch, but it's one of those movies that like was made for 4 p.m. on Showtime. Yeah. You know, you're just you're you're at your desk, you're at your couch, you're writing something, or you're editing something, and you need something on TV. Change the channel. Oh, look at that! I have the HBO free for the weekend. What are they showing? I would never pay money to see Escape Room 
But now that I have to watch three movies a week, I'm watching it. I didn't really pay for the movie because I have an A-list plan, so I'm watching a super room and it's fine. I got out of the house for an hour and a half, the popcorn was great, the movie's fine. It wasn't bad, it wasn't good, it was fine. Like friends. I mean, friends is a horrible fucking show. I never want to watch friends. Sometimes friends is on and it's fine. Yeah. She can be funny sometimes. I mean, I didn't watch it. I'm a big fan of the show Friends because there should be more science fiction on TV. And Friends was a great science fiction show about an alternate universe where there's only whites in New York and no minorities. Yeah. And the only minority that does exist in New York is a paleontologist. This guy. Doctor. Yeah. So, Escape Room 2. It's subtle. It's a subtle game. Yeah, yeah. It's a Escape Room 2. It's fine. It's a good follow-up. It's obvious that they're trying to turn escape room into a giant saw. And if you, if you want, want a film, film that, that you can watch while also being on your own, Escape Room 1 and 2 were fine. fine. Don't you expect the best from them, them but, you know, if it's on TV and you're at an airport, there are worse ways to spend an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the buddy movie. Yeah. So, so that's Escape Room 2, Son of Escape Room. The theme song's pick of the week this week is Space Jam 2, Two Space, Two Jam. Yes. Without, without seeing, without seeing how the poll is doing, I wrote a review on Twitter for Two Space, Two Jam. Uh, the Space Jam Strikes, strikes Back. back. Okay. Uh, I was really proud of the review. But I want to talk a little less about Space Jam in this review for Space Jam and talk more about the online discussion about the movie Space Jam, which I find to be absolutely fascinating. And I just, I just have to ask one question here about the biggest controversy that I know of surrounding the Space Jam 2 movie. So, Mr. Steve, in your opinion, what did you think of Lola Bunny's breasts? Well, I like, I like the, the fact, fact that Lola, Lola Bunny was voiced by Zendaya. Zendaya. I'm, not I'm not sure, sure if you know this, but Zendaya is Michi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> An online comedian did a song about the movie Smallfoot, which I absolutely love. And I love the fact that in the movie Smallfoot, Zendaya is Michi, and then LeBron James is Wonky. So I saw Space Jam 2 as like a 
a spiritual successor to Smallfoot. But, uh, okay. so, so, so Space Jam and the New Legacy is a Warner Brothers advertisement with a plot that makes no sense in which LeBron James, who is a really shitty actor, learns to not be a really shitty dad. It's not a great movie. I laughed once during a fucking hilarious scene with actor Michael B. Jordan. Which literally made me laugh out loud, but it was also the only time that I laughed throughout the entire movie. The last 25 minutes is the big showdown game, and it's a really entertaining 25 minutes, but only because it becomes a where's Waldo, because every Warner Brothers character is in the audience. And, and so, so it's, it's really, really fun, fun to be, be like, like, oh, look at those, those people uh, right behind Don Cheadle's scene-chewing villain. Uh, those are white walkers from Game of Thrones. Yeah. That woman in, that that woman in black, black and white, who is that? Is that Betty Boop? Maybe. That's definitely Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. And right next to him is Julie Newmar's Catwoman. Oh, this is interesting. And then every cartoon character. I saw Space Ghost a bunch of times. Do you remember that cartoon from the 60s and the 70s where Yogi Bear and all of the Hanna Barbera. Hanna Barbera. Yes. Hanna Barbera. Hanna Barbera. Hanna Barbera. In the arc, floating in the air, watching the basketball game. And, and the end of the scene was very entertaining, but not because the movie is entertaining, but because, oh shit, there's King Kong. There's the, there's the droogs or whatever from the Clockwork Orange. Uh, who is that? So the end was entertaining, but not because the movie was any good. I didn't like the film. It was really disturbing to see Rick and Morty as characters who were in the film for 30 seconds. That was really disturbing, especially since the last episode of Rick and Morty that I saw was entirely centered around Tom. Netflix? 
It's on Netflix. It's the greatest show in the world, and I'm obsessed with it. So the thing about Space Jam, though, is that I posted my review. I didn't like it. I didn't think it was that good. The plot made no sense. Uh, LeBron James is a horrible actor, and in the movie, he's a horrible dad who's forcing his kids to be excellent at basketball. Like, why are you being such a shit? You're the hero, and you are a horrible fucking father. It's like if I forced my kids to be the world's greatest storyteller. Yeah. You know? Like, Maxwell, you're going to be reading a story. Well, first of all, I don't fucking mock people for enjoying anything, really. But you don't mock the people whose demographic it is. You know? Twilight sucks unless you're a tween soccer mom. Tween slash soccer mom. Yeah. Who is the exact demographic for the Twilight Twilight Zone... Twilight... Book series well, and movies. Yeah. That's who it's for. And they enjoy them. Awesome. They really suck. Well, not the people, the movies. No, no. Uh, hey, uh, well, the people may. In general, people suck. So we have to, we have to assume, we have to assume that eighty percent of the, of people on this planet just suck. Absolutely. So. 80% of soccer moms suck. Hey, buddy, ask Jeannie if she's Team Edward or Team Jacob. Are you Team Edward or Team Jacob? The public wants to know. My answer? Yes. Is no. Ah, oh, come on! No, because... Hey, wait. Because in uh, the summer of, I want to say, 2001, 2002, I went went and stayed at my cousin's, who lives in Fort Washington. 
That's before Twilight. So I honestly, I tried to watch the first movie because I had a connection there somehow. And no, I fell asleep. Oh, can't believe it. Can't believe it. Couldn't do it. Can't believe it. I couldn't even think of myself, but... I don't even know who Jacob is. Jacob is Shark Boy! And then Dana is Michi! Okay, I wish you could see my face right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, right now, I'm dancing. Right now, I'm dancing, just like Dabney there. Okay. I'm Daphne dancing. Daphne okay. dancing, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, Daphne dancing. Two sequels, none I'm too excited about, about it. But, 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 I, but, but I'm happy because both films I would never have paid for. But they're exactly the movies that I would see with the AMCA list. Yes. Uh, like, if I'm seeing two to three movies a week, I don't go out of my way to watch films that I would never see otherwise. So I'm opening my mind up to new experiences. Well, you're also, you're also, by doing that, you're giving the movie its best shot. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. you, always, you, you almost always love the movie when you're walking out of the theater. Yeah. You know? I think I saw, I think I saw four, four Christian movies the last time. time. The uh, during uh, 2019 and 2020. I think I saw four. Yeah. That I would never see. So yeah, I'm opening. I'm broadening my horizons. But uh, join us next. It had to have been four. Jesus, we did a we did a good few of them on the show, and I watched Unplanned on my own. Yeah, we, we did, did the track, track movie, we did the other track movie, movie. we did the kid who got his consultant and fell into the ice, ice, and then that movie that was Team ice. ice, and then I saw the, 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 the Wolf of Forest Christian movie. movie. Oh, the, 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 the Planet Parenthood one. one. So, so yeah, I saw all yeah. the Christian movies that I've never seen on my own, so I like the AMC. That's what I'm trying to do with the AMCA list. I'm going to see movies that I would never see. So... Join us next week for two more up-to-date movie reviews. Uh, I was really upset because there's a new G.I. Joe movie coming out next week, and it's G.I. Joe Origins. Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes is the ninja who hardly ever speaks, and he's got the helmet. And it looks shitty until I realized that the guy who plays Snake Eyes is Dry Eyes from The Gentleman. Okay. I love the, the gentleman. Like, God, God Richie is back. back. Oh, oh, man, Passaway was like, or what was it called? Swept away. Fucking movie. Swept away. And then they come back with the gentleman and White Widow Super Cheese. Like, I loved everything about that movie. And now the guy who was the bad guy gets his own G.I. Joe movie, and it's like, you know what? I'll give it a try. Only because it's dry eyes from the gentleman, you have my curiosity. Now let's see if you have my attention. So, join us next week for more up-to-date movie reviews with Steve Stiles of the Week. And cut on that. Buddy! Yes. 
we still have a full podcast to get to. We need to talk about Mike Myers. We need to talk about White Boy Summer. White Boy Summer. Yes, how is White Boy Summer coming along? All right, I'm looking forward to that. And we need to talk at length about Paul Abdul. Really? Okay. We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pokemon show after this. Everybody, it's me, Mr. Steve. Well, it's Thursday. How's your Thursday doing? It's totally Thursday and not Saturday after my Raising Little Leader story time and I'm going through a story time marathon to make my week easier. Look, I'm in a different outfit. Anyway, today's video is a strange one. If you are familiar with this channel, you know I make a lot of references to pop culture and I use a lot of little clips here and there. And so this is a short compilation of some of my favorite clips that I use during storytime videos. Some of them you may have seen before in other videos. Some of them you may have seen a bunch of times in other videos. But it's a fun little video that you'd enjoy. Woo! I'm Michael Jordan. Stop it. Get some help. Life, uh... Finds a way. Imagination. Bum, bum, bum. Got any grapes? <laughs> Not funny. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Mr. Steve is recording this theme song so he doesn't get a copyright strike. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, wow. you would see the biggest gift would be for me, and the card attached would say, be sure to like and subscribe to, 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 to. Hi, it's Vince with ShamWow. You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. Pick a girl! Excuse me! Pick a 
This is called foreshadowing. Foreshadowing happens when clues in a story hint at future events. Roll the cheese! Advising lawmakers, I can see he had... Would you like to see my dog? Come here, Fido Spot. Bark, bark, woof. I am dog. Bring me bone. Only bone shall sustain me. Sam, I am. Would you like green eggs and ham? Would you like them over there? Or would you like them over here? Would you eat them in a box? Would you eat them with a fox? Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse? You may like them, you will see you may like them in a tree Would you could you with a goat? Would you could you in a boat? I could not like them Those green eggs and ham I cannot stand them Mr. Sam I am Would you, could you in a car? Eat them, eat them, here they are. How about in the rain, in the dark, or on a train?
Raindrops are falling on my head Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling so I just did some talking to the sun. I said I didn't like the way he got things done. Sleeping on the job. Those raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling. But there's one thing I know The blues they sent to me Won't defeat me It won't be long Till happiness steps up to greet me Raindrops are falling on my head that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Clients not for me because I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining. Because I'm Nice move. No, Lori. It's the sun. I say it's the moon. I know it's the sun. Now, by my mother's son, that's myself. It shall be moon or star, or anything I list. Ere we journey back to your father's. Go on, get the horse. There's seriously something wrong around the world. His name is Zom Fear. Master of the pan flute, that magical instrument with the unforgettable sound. Now in his magnificent all-new collection, Zom Fear plays the world's most beautiful melodies. Relax 
as Sang Veer sweeps you away to a world of haunting, tranquil beauty. Your best loved melodies. Richly orchestrated in Sang Veer's all new two record treasury. But remember, this magnificent collection is not sold in stores. Please stay tuned to order. Use your credit card and save COD charges by calling toll-free 1-800-421-2000. Or, to save all additional charges, send check or money order for only $12.98 for two albums or two cassettes, or $19.98 for two compact discs to Zomphir. P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Remember, that's Zomphir, P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. You just make sure you come back next week. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Honey. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting pulse between Stone and Bunny Versus? Everyone's favorite podcast segment. Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jacked? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you locked and loaded? Are you ready and raring to go? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much Raren. This is me, Raren. Well then, without any further ado, it's time once again for Money Versus, and now here is your host, Money Williams, take it away, buddy! Yep, yep. Portland is melting. Canada is getting Arizona weather. The Amazon rainforest is now putting out more CO2 into the air because it's still fucking burning than it absorbs. Yeah, we're really, we're really fucking screwed. A lot of fun. And... And I want to get to that a little more, but first, how are you, sir? I'm um, doing good. Uh, this week has been a week. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, Tasha and I had a really good night last night. Uh, we've, gotten, we've, 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 we've gotten in the habit of at least once a week just uh, carving out a little bit of time where we, we drink together and, you know, I dress as a woman and we 
we we sat outside of a gazebo and listened to the frogs and yeah, pre-roll and uh, drink heavily. It was a lot of fun. We've been doing it like once a week. We did it. Our heavy drinking now is nothing compared to our heavy drinking now. Our heavy drinking now is nothing compared to when we lived in that horrible apartment. Oh my god. We would just be like red faced on the floor of the kitchen at 3 a.m. Already our asses off. Laughing like crazy. Show. <laughs> nice. I take a weed bath right before the show. 
and I've got, got some, like, uh, some, yeah. some lean bass powder and I put a Because this is this is a local legend, okay? So Emma Crawford had come to Colorado because she was suffering from tuberculosis, okay? And yeah. she lived in a house in Manitou, which is like the a very it's it's our hippie town. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Keep Manitou weird. That's Manitou. Nice. Um, so she had moved there. And yada yada, she she like had to climb the mountain, you know, and she had tuberculosis and she had to climb the mountain. She climbed the mountain. It was this big victory. She tied a red scarf on a tree and she came back down the mountain and at some point died and wanted to be buried up on the mountain. Okay? So the local town folk haul Emma Crawford's dead-ass body and coffin up the fucking mountain to where she tied the red scarf around the tree and buried her there. Okay. Now, at some point, we had heavy, heavy rains. And the rains were coming down so hard that it loosened up Emma's grave and her coffin slid down the mountain and into town. And because of that, every year, Halloween, coffin races. See, I'm, I'm so, so happy that, that I mentioned this vague idea and you had a 100% perfect example of exactly what I'm talking about. I came really close to doing a documentary on, on the subject of Emma Crawford. That is fascinating. That's exactly what I'm talking about. When I moved to Sacramento, everyone was like, oh, oh what do you... You want to do, do something, something this week? week? Uh, oh, I can't. It's the biggest asparagus festival. And I'm like, asparagus festival? What the fuck is the asparagus festival? Oh, every year we celebrate asparagus festival. And then there are asparagus eating contests, asparagus bake-offs. Look at the history of asparagus. And I'm like, okay, you realize from all of this sounds insane, right? Yeah. You do realize that, like, oh my god, 
Can you imagine going to the of alcohol there? So can you imagine going to the men's bathroom? Yeah. Oh, my That's scarier than a escape room tournament of champions. Yes. What I said was scarier than an escape room. But another thing in Sacramento is that it was a common occurrence for a car dealership or multiple car dealerships. Oh, we're having our annual sale. Come and get any. Come and get any tire. Go away with beef. Yes. And it's so weird. And so I was thinking about things in Oklahoma, where I live now, or the small town that I live in, which is Shawnee, Oklahoma. Brad Pitt is from Shawnee, Oklahoma. And the way that you can tell that Brad Pitt is from Shawnee, Oklahoma is because like a lot of other people who have who were born in Shawnee, Oklahoma, you'll never see him caught dead in the city ever fucking again. <laughs> out from the CDs we brought along and tried to find a radio station. And I find a radio station and it's playing a rock and roll fantasy. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is a cool radio station. I, I can I could probably hang here. And then after that, it, um... What was it? I Love Rock and Roll? I Love Rock and Roll came on. Go on. After that, uh, Rock You Like a Hurricane. And that John Cougar Mellencamp's rock song that I can't fucking think of offhand now. Which one did he do? Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is a this is a pretty good station. And then Rock and Roll Fantasy came back on. And I was like, okay, cool. We, we like, just heard this, but okay. Basically, to cut to the chase, they had fucking four songs on a loop, each having rock in the title somewhere. That's funny. One, one year when I was 
was in college, one of the radio stations went out of business. But then once they went out of business, they started playing the song Kiss by Prince over and over again on a loop. No DJs. They would play the song Kiss and by, by Prince and then immediately play it again. And they did that for like a month. Until finally it was announced that they were doing that because the radio station KISS FM was opening in the station that had just closed down. Oh. Our gimmick, they just played the song KISS by Prince over and over again. But it became a weird, like, I would listen to the one song for hours. Oh my god, yeah. Um, I'm going on a road trip. We're going to Tucson. This is going to take about two hours. What should we listen to? I guess Kiss, Kiss by Prince, and we turned on another radio station, and we would just listen to it over and over again. It was crazy. It became like a mantra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then some people said, oh, well, maybe the tempo went too far when they killed all of the, you know, the radio station. said, they didn't go far enough. You should also kill all of the... Uh, you know, the family members, too, to make sure that there's not any, you know, like, uh, no heirs. Honey, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, good. thought I lost you for a second. So, well, well, you, you kind of sort of did. <laughs> Just not technically. <laughs> getting choppy. Uh, how, how are, are you, buddy? buddy? I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I think I've solved a good chunk of my Dabney problems and my animation problems. And it's basically, I just gotta do the render and get everything set up in the program that I'm actually doing the animation in. Because trying to get it into another program is just so fucking unpredictable. You know? Yeah. Like, I can bring in an animation sequence of Dabney's and everything will be fine. I can bring in another one and everything will be fine. And I can bring in another one and then his toes curls up and his arms get all fucking weird. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that doesn't make any logical sense. But, uh... So I did some test shit, and I made him dance. I mean, that's all canned animation, but, you know, I'm experimenting with what I can actually do in this program with its renderer, you know. So I'll probably be doing other tests like this in the future. So that yeah. might be some of the backgrounds, you know, while I work out... You know, yeah, getting his place furnished better, uh, trying to get the lighting better. I don't like the lighting. Uh, Dabney is too tall, and it's really starting to bug me. But I fucking love his face, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to have to figure out what I can do about that. Make him a DeVito. Without hurting his face. Yeah, because he is a bit more Danny DeVito. He's shorter, he's chubbier. Yeah. You know. 
I mean, I always pictured him more of a beer belly, you know? But... So, so I'm going to work on fine-tuning those things. But, I kind of wanted to talk about a bit about billionaires in space. Yes. Okay. First off, fuck them. You know? Yeah. Just fuck them. And I don't want to go all over all the reasons about fucking them. Let's jump ahead because they have money and they have power and they're going to do whatever the fuck they want anyway. Billionaires get a billionaire. Now, they've made it clear at least Branson and Musk have made it clear that this is all for eventual space tourism. Can I I just interject for a second? Sure. uh, Richard Branson didn't actually go into space. Because he didn't. Like all people, like all non-NASA people, Richard Branson just rocketed to the edge of space. He was near the end of the sky. But he didn't go into space proper space. Yeah. Yeah, oh no, I can accept that. It, it was it was kind of like the same as the as the uh, vomit comet. Yeah. The vomit comet, which they used to film a good chunk of Apollo thirteen. Yeah, that's the yeah. They didn't. They didn't do You get about four minutes. Yeah. You got approximate space, but you didn't go to space. Yeah. Yeah. But they've both they they've both made it clear that their goals is is space tourism. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what Bezos is thinking about as well. I I just don't know if I've ever heard him say it. I've yeah. just kind of heard him say, "I want to go to space." Um. But now let's assume that it's space tourism for him too. Let's just pencil him in for. For space tourism. Okay? Yeah. Now, the questions become first off, how many space hotels will they have to build each to be able to save the 1% from the coming death of the planet? Yeah. Okay. Now, so we have, so now we have a chain of virgin space hotels, you know, and what? I don't know, the Musk Hole hotels, and, and, Amazon luxury suites, okay? Yeah. At some point, you're going to find out out of those three, which is the primary space the 1% wants to live in, and which is the slums. Yeah. 
of which I'm also picking picking out Bezos. I'm picking out Bezos. So it's like like nobody would want to live in Bezos's space hotels. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Musk. That's okay. It's like acceptable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but if you really want to, if you really want to be part of the it crowd, it's it's got to be Virgin Space Hotels. Okay. You know. I'm just running up some chips. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <coughs> so there's the there's a there's a possible future for us. And then how long would it be until they become like warring space hotels? You know. Yeah. Cuz like then the Bezos hotels they go past just being bad hotels to becoming evil. Like they would just evolve into the evil state and everybody living in the Bezos's places are evil. You know. And then yeah. of course they would have to fire back. You know. That's when you start getting the gunships patrolling around the hotels. I hope that uh, we could, if we eventually do get to space, then we put space in front of everything. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hi, welcome, welcome to, to our space hotel. hotel. I'm your space concierge. Can I get you a space room? Yes. Hey, Johnson. I I approve. I approve. Yeah. Oh no! Is that the space police? That is the space police. And then there'll be that one guy who's in space. They're just police. <laughs> We're in space. They're the space police. Yes. They're going to go kill a space person of color. Ah, space, space minorities. minorities. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure that's, that's a movie. movie. It's the sequel to Space Children. Yes. Space, space minorities. So that's basically it. I, you know, I'm just in picturing a world <coughs> of the one percent and the warring space hotels. And who are going to be the grunts that they make run the farms and do the actual work to keep yes. the place going? I still, I still can't, can't believe that so many essential employees got shafted. Oh god, yeah. And I'm just blown away by that. Here at McDonald's, we support our frontline employees. 
the real heroes. Coming back. <laughs> I've got a very, um, uh, I've got a, I've got a very popular short shaft. Okay. I think ends in a way that makes it different from other stories, but I think it's a good shaft. Okay. You you actually might want to look into Emma Crawford. There's a lot of fun shit there. Mm. I'm gonna write that name down so I don't forget. They have seances trying to talk to Emma Crawford. You know, they 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 reenact her funeral and you can like attend her funeral you know and they have like Emma Crawford dinners I think the funeral is a dinner actually that is fascinating yeah local I've been to her grave oh neat Again, I was looking into shooting a documentary in it because it's like right over in Manitou, and we love Manitou because guess what? It's fucking weird. Yeah. You know, Manitou is one of those towns that you just uh, park your car somewhere and walk around. Yeah. Because it's just it's just really cool, and there are strange yeah. little shops and. Manitou. I think technically Manitou Springs. Oh, okay. Got, Got it. it. I wrote that down, down too. So that is about it. Let's head on over to the chap. Uh, this has been Bunny Versus. Till next week. Want you to remember, I've got to find my controls. Self-adhesive tape? Yes, please. That's so good. And cut on that. And cut on that. Yes! If you're like me, you ever have a big fan of this podcast, the Popon film, maybe just sweeping into the nation. Did I say the glow? No, I did not. But only true fans, hardcore fans, loyal fans of the Pokemon film, Poppies, who have been with us since day one, who listen to every episode, only those people would know two facts about us, two fundamental, really real, and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us, America's hottest will-they-or-won't-they couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that in your spare time, 
You were an archaeologist. So I hear you just came back from a dig. Tell us, what did you uncover? Uh... We recently did a dig and we're able to verify the veracity of the Lucy find. So we are very proud to announce that we are able to confirm the existence of Lucille Ball. Nice! Finally! Um, we we were able to get her we were able to get permission from the state to exhume her body and run DNA DNA tests to verify that the body that we found in the grave of Lucille Ball was actually Lucille Ball. So it's very important work. Yeah. It's very, very important work, and, and people don't understand the importance of digging up the basically fresh dead. I mean, you know, it, it, it's Lucille Ball just because we have a big fucking backlog, backlog you know? The interesting, the interesting thing, thing is you dug up the body of Lucille Ball and there were two bodies in there. Turns out, out one of the bodies was Lucille Balls and the other one was Elmer McCurdy! Goddamn, how did you get here? Everywhere. Crazy. I thought it was Vivian Vance. No, Elmer McCurdy! His body just... His body gets places. His body is like... Is like, like a, a fetish for a horse. Yeah. Uh, we recently dug up Tim Curry. Uh, oh, nice. And then we heard from his lawyers because, like, he's not dead yet. And, uh, you know, we have to at least wait for him to be dead. It's weird because it's, it's weird that Tim Curry was, was buried because I thought for sure that he went to the one place that has yet to be destroyed by capitalism. capitalism. Why? <laughs> and it's like, oh, I feel so bad for Tim Curry because uh, you know what? There's billionaires out there now, so yep. goodbye, last place that has yet to be corrupted by capitalism. No, no, it's, it's corrupt. Yeah. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this juncture is I like to find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know that well, and reword it by my own unique storytelling style, and that's what this is, another educational and uneducational installment of... Steve's Historical Proclamations! Dun, dun. Because the last couple of weeks, 
screenwriter before, the script he turned in was over 300 pages. Ooh. It was so big. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. We're going to try it again. Okay, okay, you, you caught me a little off guard there. I got you now. All right. How big was it? to an Alan Smithy director credit, there should be a cocaine director credit on certain movies. Absolutely, 100%. You know, like Sam Peckinpah's Con Convoy. Yeah. I mean, Convoy was a fucking Sam Peckinpah movie. Yeah. Or cocaine. No sober humans helped make the Blues Brothers movie. Yeah. And it is a goddamn miracle that it was ever actually made. So Lord Michaels keeps saying no to SNL movies until finally it's in the 90s, and the popularity of Wayne's World is 
just exploding and suddenly young people are getting into Saturday Night Live. And young people are watching Saturday Night Live and Wayne's World is such a huge hit and Lord is just like, like biting his knuckle like, even by the year I was able to bang in a car to Bohemian Rhapsody and Welcome to the Jungle so yeah you know so I see I see yeah. a validity in both of those but I still think Bohemian Rhapsody was the better choice yeah but
when Bohemian Rhapsody originally came out in 1976, the reviews were mixed and the song reached number six in the U.S. music charts. But after Wayne's World came out in Okay, well, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Let's pause for a second, please. And sort of analyze where we are so far. As for whether or not Mike Myers' story actually makes sense. Okay? Now, he only has... Well... He did create the characters, so he does actually have a good bit of, bit of pull on the movie. But I don't particularly see why, as a studio, they would fight so terribly hard for Welcome to the Jungle over Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like, oh, you, you uh, want Bohemian Rhapsody instead of Welcome to the Jungle? We can probably actually pick up well, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody to use in this movie cheaper than we can Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, probably. You know, seeing as not terribly many people remember Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. At uh, this point. Yeah. Mike Myers 100% Bohemian Rhapsody and none of the others hope. And which is... But I'm not seeing I'm not seeing producers having too much of a problem with this, you know, and I don't see a creative reason to put up much of a fuss about it either. I I, I still kind of like a night at the Roxby, though. 
side where I don't particularly find Mike Myers statements as believable, yeah, because I don't see a big reason. It's going to be a financial benefit, and that's a big fucking consideration in a movie. Yeah, you know? As far as I can tell, this story is 100% true, so... And you... And, and, you know, tell them what you see the scene is going to be with this music instead of this music, and they got to see that it's better. You know, yeah. I, I don't see why it would be a big fight. Yeah. You know? But it was, but, but, but here's the other side of that coin. This is Wayne's World. It's a big budget Hollywood movie, and they're filming the headbanging scene with Bohemian Rhapsody that Mike Myers fought so hard for. But this is not a Hollywood movie. Of this being a big budget Hollywood film, they film the scene. Let's do it again. Let's do it a third time. Let's do it a fifth time. Let's do it a tenth time. And the more they shoot, the more Mike Myers starts complaining. It's like, my neck is starting to hurt. We gotta stop. We got the shot. No, we got it. We got it. Can we move on, please? They're at the 15th take. Look, we got the fucking shot. Can we move on already? My goddamn neck hurts. They're on the 20th take. You know what? Fuck this! Okay. I'm fucking done! We have to do it again? God fucking damn it! So we take some Christian Bale. Yeah. My neck is hurting. We've got to stop. They're on the 22nd take. You know what? Cut the scene. Cut the fucking scene, okay? My fucking neck hurts. We've done it a bunch of times. Cut the fucking scene. Cut the Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm the star and my neck hurts. Cut the fucking scene. And it's important to know this because Mike Myers has seen in memes and on QC uh, articles as the man who fought to keep. Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World, but people should know that Mike Myers also wanted the entire Bohemian Rhapsody scene cut because he was a diva on set and his fragile Canadian necky wecky was hurting. So maybe he's not the queen hero that we all think he is. The thankfully the film's director, uh, Penelope Cirrus, who also directed the Decline of Western Civilization series. Yeah, and I really gotta give, you know... Okay, so if you have worked with the likes of 
Gene Simmons, Sid Vicious, you know, the Ramones, uh, King Diamond, Ozzy Osbourne. If she's going to tell me somebody is being a prima donna, I right. really have to take that as her expert opinion. It makes sense. Like, look, I've been covering rock and roll for a while. I know some motherfucking prima donnas. <laughs> He's a prima donna. <laughs> it makes sense on paper, and it's a smart move for Lord Michaels to pick someone with that background to direct Wayne's World. But, but goddamn, Mike Myers was just a prima donna bitch on that set. And it demanded so much. Um, thankfully, uh, Penelope Spears uh, didn't take any of Mike Myers' diva shit. She would fight him right back. And they finished the scene. And uh, Mike Myers was so pissed off that a director would dare fight him and not, um, you know, change his diaper. That Mike Myers made sure that he did not come back for Wayne's World 2. Yeah. Harvey. You know? Yeah. There is a sidekick to try and uh, do a good thing. Well, there... There's, there's no story Well, I think, and I think we already covered it, uh, but there is the Dana Carvey controversy about the Doctor Evil character. Yes. Dana Carvey says that it is his impersonation of Lauren Michaels that he used to do on the set of Saturday Night Live that Mike Myers is using for Dr. Evil. Yeah. So, um, but, but I, I just think it's important that everyone knows that on the set of Wayne's Mike Myers had a little bit too much gratitude. Yeah. And one... Well now I think that I I think that needs I think that needs to be taken with a little bit of salt too, you know? I mean, after fifteen takes you know, you really kind of got to got. Yeah, yeah. You have to have it. You kind of have to. Yeah. Why are we still doing yeah. this? You know. If if Mike Myers is not pulling a Tommy Wiseau where he can't see the fucking line. That's a possibility. You know. But yeah, now, now we're, we're at, at the end, end and you understand what I said in the beginning. Mike Myers is a bitch. Uh, yeah, I, I would not dispute that fact, because it's not the first bitchy story. You know, there have been a few of them. Yeah, yeah. But this is an important one that I think that people don't know or want to pay attention to, but it's important. Mike Myers is a little bit. 
So that's it for Steve's historic approximations this week. Be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's historical approximations. And cut onto that. Funny. All right, now we're properly cutted. You caught me just a little off guard. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to do that again? No, we're good. We're good. Okay. Okay. Uh, we we saw what we need to get to. We need to talk about rats. We need to talk about Avi Arad. We need to talk about really scat. We need to talk about White Boy Summer. We need to talk about so much. We need to talk about entertainment tonight. Uh, we need to talk about the Bravo Network. We need to talk about Suzanne Plachette. We need to talk about Zombie. There's I've got too much about the Bratz movie. Okay. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break, yes. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pokemon film after this. Oh, 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 look in my eyes. Don't be afraid. 
Rebels! Rebels! You can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad.
people's hearts the most are in this album and I hope you'll let them touch your heart too have I told you lately that I love you blue eyes crying in the rain come and sit by my side if you love me do not All my best. This giant record treasury is only $7.98. Complete tape collection is only $9.98. Not sold in any store. Order yours now. To get this beautiful treasury, mail $7.98 for album, $9.98 for 8-track tape to Slim Whitman. Box 2525, Grand Central Station, New York, 10017. Be sure to do it now. This special Slim Whitman collection is available through this offer only. Rush $7.98 for album, $9.98 for tape to Slim Whitman. 
Box 2525, Grand Central Station, New York 10017. Slim Whitman, Box 2525, Grand Central Station, New York, New York 10017. Anybody want a peanut? Come back next week, and I'll go give you all the peanuts you want. This summer, four inseparable friends are about to discover oh, high school. Hi guys, I'm Meredith, student body president. There are 48 distinct cliques. The goss, the skaters, the nerds, the disco dorks, football jocks, the loners. Leave me alone. I have the seating charts right here. I think we'd rather sit together. But the lunch courtyard isn't organized that way. Don't worry, we'll figure something out. Hey. If we let Meredith scare us, she's gonna make our lives miserable. We gotta stand up for ourselves. Those freaks! They had better watch their backs. You are so devious. Thank you. Now, the only way to take back the school... I won the talent show three times. You're the only one that can break her straight. You have a serious gift. Go for it. Is to rule the talent contest. Gratitude! Go! Just roll in, just roll in. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. So, so, and I got hypersensitive to the smell of vinegar. The smell and taste of vinegar, which sucks, because that was what was on the sub that I was eating at the time, because that's how I like my subs. Gotcha. Oh, man, that key you. You have the ball, and you get the horns. So, like, I actually, when I got the ability to stand again after 20 minutes, I brought that plate into the next fucking room for a while, and I was like, I'll just get back to you. Last time I drank tea, I forgot what time it was. I talk way way too much because yeah. my brain just starts going places I have the tendency to sing like with Gregor in train spotting when he sinks into the ground I have the tendency of just getting so high that I become a part of the couch Yeah. and couches don't talk <laughs> and watch reality shift around me that's what happens when I get to survive. So, yeah. 
of the time I just smoke joints you know yeah. so like I, I don't smoke while I'm working or anything like that but after work I'm going to smoke I'm going to smoke a joint a joint and a half maybe sometimes yeah. you know I... but it also it also take you know because my, my blood system is fairly well saturated with TCH or THC yeah. I forget the actual initials you know it, it, it takes a bit you know, like if if I put the joint down for like a half hour, I'm pretty much straight again. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <coughs> uh, okay. Let's act three. Act three. Act three. Uh, yes, my friend, it's time once again for all of us here at the Pilbun Film Podcast to electric slide our way into the third and final act of the show. And it is said third act where we finally and eventually getting around to discuss our movie of the week. And this week, we continue our summer-long dive into the IMDb Bottle 100 with a look, unfortunately, with a look at the 2007 film Brats. Number 57 in our summer-long dive into the IMDb bottom 100 list of the 100 worst movies of all time. <coughs> uh, this is a shallow piece of shit. Yeah. But I can't say that, because like Space Jam, this is a movie for kids. You're not, You're not the, the target, target audience, so what you have to say doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Oh, so, I, I, am, am I allowed to criticize the Joker? Because that was only made for white people. Yeah. You weren't the target audience. Yeah. And also, if, if you're, you're white, white, you have nothing bad to say about Sheech Marin in Shrimp on the Barbie. Yeah. And 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 let's and let's be let's be honest. The Joker. W I was the target audience. I was exactly the target audience for the Joker, and it was still like, "Oh, give me a fucking break." Well, and and I also had a problem with that. Like, even if we take all of that as a given, you know. I don't see what he experienced in the Joker turning him into the Joker. Yeah. 
I don't see. I mean, he would have to have a full-on schizophrenic fucking crack-up to be the Joker that we know and love. Yeah. You know, and I don't see. I mean, it, it could make you a prick. You know, I mean, like. With what he went through, it can it can make you a, a white supremacist asshole. Uh, my Joker has a fake flower on his lapel that shoots hats at you. Yeah. That is my Joker. Uh huh. My Joker is hiding at the abandoned amusement park. Yeah. That is Joker. Because it's still funny to him. Yeah. You know? My Joker is not covered in tattoos. My Joker is not all gritty. And my Joker is not a, a tortured white man. Yeah. Who is upset that he isn't a successful comedian. Yeah. That's not my Joker. So, so Bonnie, this week's movie, we're, we're, we're subconsciously trying really hard to talk about Keith, Weeks, or how we feel when we're high, or the Joker, instead of this week's really shitty movie. Yes. Um, so we're going to try and center us. This is a movie based on the toy line for girls, and when these toys were all the rage, I had two daughters. So, uh, as a dad, let me school you on rats, okay? Yeah. Rats was a series of 10-inch fashion dolls. They were released in 2001. Imagine Barbie but ghetto. Yeah. I say that because I currently live in the ghetto. Yes. And it's great because if I lived in the nice side of town, it's constantly robbed and there's uh, domestic abuse and violence issues, but because I live here, where a lot of the poor people in town live, everyone knows everyone, everyone is taking care of everyone, I don't have to worry about my car getting broken into. Yeah. Because, because my, my car gets broken into, everyone in the street will know that it happened to us and will figure out who did it, and so nothing bad ever happens in this neighborhood. It's fucking bad. But, um, Brats were super popular, so much so that by 2005, Brats toys were 40% of all fashion doll sales. So, basically, Mattel and Barbie were fucking shitting themselves over these toys. Yeah. And there was a massive back and forth legal battle that was so confused that I kind of thought, maybe I should save it for a shot because that's how how long it would take me to explain the legal battles between Barbie and Bratz. So we're just going to go past that. Okay. Um, in 2005, Brass dolls were super popular. They were this close to beating Barbie in the fashion doll world. And uh, Bella had, was like one year old and was 
grandma who was four or five years old, and she would want rat skulls because they were super popular and they were everywhere. But my wife and I put our feet down because rat skulls legitimately they just all look like strippers. Yeah. And we just had to stop, so we banned all rat skulls from the house. Uh, at the time, parents were pissed off. Parents were complaining. Uh, yeah. About the sexualization of young girls, and a lot of the art, a lot of the paper put the blame on rat skulls. And the rat doll maker's defense was basically. I also remember uh, quite a few parents, like on Facebook and shit like that, friends of mine, were um, trying to steer their daughters t more toward the Monster High dolls instead. That came out a little bit later in yeah. 2000, 2010, but I No. No. 
Yes, I, I totally agree. And it's, and it's like, like, oh, remember when Bridgie Spears went and shaved her head and was attacking paparazzi with an umbrella? That was so fucking funny. So how was your pandemic? I was dressed as a kangaroo in a teepee hiding from my children. Crying and eating my weight in gummy bears. <laughs> so yeah, hashtag free because you shouldn't be punished for having, you know, a, a, a short string of bad days. You know? Yes. Another big thing that happened in 2007 was uh, the police really cracked down on the hardened criminals and still went to jail. Thank God the streets of Gotham are safe again. <laughs> Yes. And the show of Sopranos ended with a Triple H as a jock vampire. 
that was my idea. And of course, X-Men 3, everyone's favorite X-Men movie. Yes. So, so I love the fact that, like, uh, then finally, like, they, they declaw Avi Arad, and then they, they work on making their own Marvel movies, and Avi Arad is like, that's fine, I can make movies. How about this? We just got the rights to a very popular girl's toy. Okay, but wait a second. Let's be a little easy on Avi Arad, okay? Because at the same time, he was kind of trying to f fight to save a sinking ship, which was Marvel. Yeah, but, but also, uh, Avi Arad and uh, Stanley were saving Marvel by saying, like, going door to door, only But I think again, I still think that that you know, Marvel was in dire straits and like he kind of did what he had to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. yes, it is a horribly tangled mess, which I think I have an interesting way out of. You know, but like, what could you have done at the time? You know, yeah. like a lot of like a lot of desperation plays we've made in our lives. You know? Yeah. You did what you had to do. Like the classic song says, here's your one chance to fancy that will let me down. Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that. But still, fuck it. That's exactly, see, that's exactly how I feel about Jim Shooter. You know? You know, like, 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 jeez, everything I hear about Jim Shooter, like, he really sounds like just such a shit. Yeah. Yeah. But that was also the same period that I was reading Marvel comics, so like he must have had something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Jim Shooter has to be some kind of credit for the comic book craze in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, but he's still a shit. But he's still, you know, that doesn't stop him from being a shit. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so happy, happy that we got past that, that period of like, which cover did you get? Did you get the black and white one? The bag one? The polydag one? The embossed one? The silver embossed one? The gold embossed one? Thank God we got past that. And it didn't matter what, it didn't matter what comic book it was. Oh, here's Casper the Friendly Ghost featuring Oh yeah, no, way, way back in the day. DC caught me on that, and I was never caught again. They yeah. got me with right at well, right after or during Crisis of Infinite Earth. You know, after when they were re bring, they they brought back Superman with a four inch, a four issue limited series uh, called The Man of Steel. 
and I was interested to, to, okay, great, you know, maybe this is where I can jump into DC. They're starting fresh. And, like, they had their first set of covers, which were, the, like, limited edition covers. And then they had the regular covers. And I got suckered in, so I had I had eight of them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I never did that again. Like, fuck you, I'm buying, you know... I I literally wish I never actually collected comics to begin with. I really kind of wish I would read comics and just give them to the local kids or some shit, you know? Yeah. 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 I, 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 I I bought into, into the death, death of Superman, Superman but I was also the one person who was like... like, like you know, you know he's coming, coming back, back, right? There's, There's no, no way, way he's not coming, coming back. back. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, really? Wow, okay. Then I guess he's totally never coming back. He's coming back. Yeah, Captain America back. didn't stay in Hydra long, did he? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. So, uh, the film Brass was directed by some guy. He directed this movie, and then he didn't really direct any other movies, but he went on to direct a shit ton of TV shows. You know what show he directed? Uh, TV's Jesse. I know I've never been on the podcast before, but it was a show about this girl, and she's babysitting this rich family in New York. Uh, it was really fun. It's TV's Jesse. Yeah. So, and, and here's the funny part, part okay, of all the four friends, one was a success, and one was less of a success, and I love this, because the black one, Sasha, she now stars in the critically acclaimed series, Dear White People. see like as an actor what else are you gonna do you know what I mean you know I mean it's still a big movie for you even if it dies you don't know it's gonna die you know you gotta take a chance I mean this could have made them I'm I'm (laughs) glad it didn't but it could have you know yeah, what I mean? No. Like, and you don't know that because you just because it's just a roll of the fucking dice when you're an actor. You gotta take what comes your way. Yeah, I, I was really fascinated with the cast of this week's movie. The film also features John Boyd. How did you manage to land that? Oh God, with a fake nose! Like, what the fuck? That looked so ridiculous. 
And it also features a legendary Jewish stage screen and singing star Lainey Kazan as a Mexican mom. Yeah. Brooklyn-born Jewish actress Lady Kazan yes. gained prominence in a wonderful role as the mom in my big fat Greek wedding. Is now a Mexican mom. You know how you can tell she's Mexican? Uh, there's mariachis in the fucking kitchen. Yes. Like, what the fuck was that even about? Next, Sylvester Stallone is gonna play a Middle Eastern man. Why not? It's gonna be great. Yeah. Fucking movie. And then, and then I was all excited because I saw that Dean Harrison was in the film. Okay. Dean Harrison was Dwayne Wayne in the TV show A Different World. Which I still to this day. Oh, that sounds. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, I still feel that the show A Different World needs to get more credit. I was a big fan of that show. It was originally supposed to be a Cosby Show spin off where Lisa Bonet's character goes to college to a fictional historic black college called Hillman College. But uh, Lisa Bologna left after the first season, so after that they focused on two secondary characters, a black, rich, southern belle, and a nerd math whiz, and that was Kadeem Harrison. He went from being like the comedy relief to suddenly starting his own sitcom, and the show was more successful after Lisa Bologna left. Yes. Somehow, two two five a spin-off off of a different world. Two two seven. Two two seven. Yes, sorry. Two two seven. I was also a big fan of that show because uh, it had the funny uh, made from the Jeffersons. Yes. And I was so excited to see her in something else, like a decade after. Yes. Fucking remember that. I don't know. 
was a good episode. So, so I, I'm watching this movie, and I'm, and I'm looking at it. Well, and, and I, I just recently had brought it up as a part of uh, Black History Month this year. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking love that show. So, so I'm looking at the, the, the cast of this movie while I'm watching the movie, and two things I covered. Talk to me. There are two people in this movie, and it just blew me away. Number one, you know the popular girl in the movie? The one who really was the daughter of Principal John Boyd. Yes. So she runs the school, and she... Uh, oh, and what, and what threw me off, what... I'm sorry, what threw me off on John Voigt is, like, I didn't notice him, and Jeannie had said John Voigt. I didn't hear her say John Boy. I heard her say John Boy. So I looked up. I looked up expecting to see somebody completely fucking different. And I think you, you repeated yourself and said John Voigt, and I finally connected, and I was like, that doesn't really quite look like him because they put the stupid fucking nose on him. Yeah. That, that like, when he was in close-up, he did not look like John Voight, which is a weird choice to make when you're paying John Voight, John Voight money. Yeah. Maybe John Voight you didn't know? want to look like John Voight. But in a, in a longer shot, when you could see his whole face and build, oh, pfft, that's fucking John Voight with a funny nose on. <laughs> they... they he had to have done this as a favor. A favor to who? <laughs> like, he knew the director, the producer was a friend of the family or some shit. But there's no way he did this of his own volition. Oh, so you think? So you think part of the negotiation was like, okay, it was like a real vampire, or like, okay, okay. How about I, I, I don't know? You put a fake nose on me so nobody could tell I'm John Boy. Okay, how about how about That's that? A possibility. That's a possibility. You know, how about when when it has my character in the, in the credits? How about it just has cocaine? <laughs> so the popular girl in grass. I, I look her up and I'm like, she looks familiar. She sounds familiar. Okay. I was like, God, God damn it! it. The, the popular girl, girl 
was in something I know. I was so sad that I like screamed like motherfucker. Like the house. And here's the big one. Okay. So all of the girls in Bratz, they go to their own cliques because the pop because the popular girl legitimately separates everyone in the cliques. Uh, because his dad wants to run it like a prison, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, here's the goths, and here's the emo, and here's the theater kids. Apparently there's a disco group of kids, and here are the loners. Yes. Wear trench coats. Uh-huh. One of the girls decided And they were all real caricatures. Oh, yeah, of different clicks. Yeah. Well, one of the brats just decides I'm going to join the science club. I'm a science genius. Yeah. Really? And he's in the science club, and there's a character named Dexter. He's like the head male of the science club. And he's got glasses, and he's a nerd, and he runs the science club. But then the girl from the Bratz group, like, oh, she shows them this uh, chemistry experiment. Oh, that's amazing. And the guy's like, wow, you're really great at science. And she goes, thanks. And she takes off his glasses. Which would be impressive if you were ten. Yeah. Okay. Because in just destroy all monsters at ten years old, I was able to accept we'll build a machine. Yeah. And they just left it with that, and I was fine with it. They had it covered. They were building a fucking machine. You know? So it's kind of the same thing here. The ten-year-old mind could skip over a bit. Chet Hanks. That's Chet Hanks. 
That's Chet, White Boy Summer Hanks. Oh. White Boy Summer was in the Bratz movie. Okay, let me be clear before you crush the only good thing in this movie. Not the deaf guy. The other guy. Not the deaf guy. Okay. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, good. Fuck that guy anyway. Okay. No. Dexter, the head of the science club, who turns out to also know Kung Fu and can beat up the head of the football team, is White Boy Summer's Chad Hanks. Kid went on to become, uh, who is Tom Hanks' son, went on to become a totally lame gangster rapper and coined the white voice which we're about halfway done with, maybe even like 75% done with. So how's white voice not been for you because you are a white boy? It's been difficult for me because like, they don't have brown guy summer. Yeah. Uh, I, I, have, I have not noticed. Okay. White boy summer means staying out of the sun. Okay? Or I will redden and peel and possibly blister. You know? I do our regular thing where I put you on the spot and make you explain the plot of this week's movie. But this is an hour and a half movie with 29 minutes of plot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I. At about the half, at about the halfway point of the movie, I'm like, it's over. The first forty-five more minutes. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Well, I thought it was. I thought it was over at at what the birthday party or whatever. Yeah. just kind of meh. Uh, I liked it a little bit better than Spice World. Really? It's not... I'm sorry. With these two movies, as a palate cleanser, you have got to watch Josie and the Pussycats to see that this kind of movie can be done right. Okay. Josie and the Pussycats. Jesus. Oh, that is a good, fun movie. A lot of people, a lot of people defend that movie. A lot of people like that movie. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, but if I had to choose between watching Spice World and Bratz, I would go with Spice World just because yeah. if my choices for secondary characters are John Voight and Cumming, I'm going to be Cumming. This is true. But there's a lot of coming. There's a lot of coming in Josie and the Pussycats. Coming, coming, coming is is the main antagonist. No shit! Oh my god, there's so much coming. Well, well, okay now. Maybe not. Okay, it's between Alan Cumming and uh, Parker Posey as who was the bigger villain of this movie. Now, which movie are you talking about? Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, it's not Brass. No. <laughs> huh? I have talked at length in this podcast about my love of Parker Posey. Yes. Fuck, I love her. So much. But okay, okay. Buddy? Rosario Dawson. Love her. Absolutely love her. Tara Reed in the role she was born to play. Um, blonde and stupid. Oh, blonde and stupid, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Buddy. Okay. So. Paula Show. 
some small type of reality contest, which, surprising everyone, turns out to be the biggest show in American history. Yeah. Apparently everyone and their grandma is watching American Idol, and right in the middle of that is Paula Abdul. So suddenly she's riding high as a judge on American Idol, like the world's biggest show. attempt to make a J-Lo. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, like an alcohol and pill problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just happens. You know, I mean, genetic engineering, it's a young science, you know. Yeah, the show, the the reality show captures her yelling at staff and getting pissed off at everyone who works with her and just getting angry and yelling at people and having public meltdowns and yada, yada, yada. So um, why was Paula Abdul fired? We don't officially know. It could be the uh, substance abuse issues, the pills, the drinking, the erratic behavior, or just a nice combination of all of the above. 
But um, if you can find it, the Paula Abdul reality show is a ton of fun to watch. Here is my favorite quote from the reality show, Hey Paula, that explains uh, everything that was going on with Paula Abdul at the time. And it might be a nice insight into why she was fired. She said on the show, and I quote, I'm tired of people not treating me like the gift that I am. So basically, she's the spoiled rich girl in the movie. I want that as a bumper sticker. I'm tired of people not treating me like the gift that I am. Okay. I love that. That's my new mantra. I want a tattooed on my chest. <laughs> I'm tired of people not treating me like the gift that I am. And then, like, Paula Abdul, like, and then Bravo, the Bravo Network, which showed the Hey Paula reality show. Being Paula, being Bravo, they waited on airing the Bratz firing episode until the Bratz movie came out. To add uh, more press to the episode. Yes. And, and like she's mortified and she's crying because I worked so hard, so much blood, shoot, sweat, and tears only to be fired. Why can't people appreciate me? And it's like, lady, you are mortified that you're not able to work in one of the worst films of all time. Take yeah. it as a win, you know? Yeah. I don't I don't see it I don't see a reason to think it would be I mean exactly exactly I, I mean what have we seen Paul Abdul actually act in before? Yeah. You know? Well, she was also going to have a part as oh, yeah, one of their yeah. teachers. teachers, yeah. So, basically, central focus of the fucking film, you know, she's got the, uh... That, that classic high school teacher role that... Let's see... Edward James almost did it in that calculus movie. Uh, love that movie. Yes, and uh, oh god, I can't think of his fucking name. He's like, he's like huge. Uh, I keep wanting to say Lawrence Fishburne, but not him. Old Morgan, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. He was a crab for Christ's sakes. You said he was big, so I'm naming, like, let's see, Andre the Giant, Oh. So then Paula Abdul would just be trying to do her own take on that role. Yes, but also, there might have been better music, there might have been actual impressive dance choreography, because she is a very good dancer. So the film might have been incrementally better, at least. I don't. I don't know if I could have dealt with this movie breaking out in song too many times, song and dance numbers. 
But I would like to take this time to say that as much as Paula Abdul is apparently a diva with erratic behavior and possible substance abuse issues, I loved her music in junior high school. I downloaded her greatest hits album this afternoon. Promises of a New Day is a great fucking song. Yeah. And I love it. Oh, it's straight, straight up. up. I, I have straight up until Paula Abdul's original straight up and a kick-ass hard rock version of it. Like, yeah. like a metal version of straight up. And both of them are great. I'm still a big Paula Abdul fan. The fact that you're like getting publicly fired and having erratic behavior, like, dude, same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are going to get all of these I think you should leave jokes and the, the show is going to be a million times funnier well I I, I I don't see a problem with it I mean I mean, finding smaller shows to watch is like perfect for Jeannie and I for the time we have to like sit and watch something which is not always enough time for like a movie yeah. Yeah, you know, so like we're gonna right after the show sometime we're gonna finish watching Loki. You know? Uh, and then and then we'll need something. Yeah. Uh, every episode I think you should leave is fifteen to sixteen minutes and it's just great for just I don't have that much time. that distinction and not me, so I didn't want to, you know, 
intrude or impose or another word that starts with I, but yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I Stephen on behalf of Bella and Natasha and Jaden and everybody else in the house. I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless humans. Maxwell, do Bella's for me. Because Cut and print. That's a wrap.